When you're young, you think your dad is Superman. Then you grow up and you realize he's just a regular guy who likes to wear a cape. <laughs> and for everyone, that little uh, chuckle is from my daughter, Emily. And we've just started episode three of the Dr. Cliff podcast. Emily and Cliff go to India. Welcome back. Yay, Emily, you're my first uh, guest on the Dr. Cliff podcast, working title. There we go. Actually, when you were saying that I used to think you were Superman, you're not wrong. I remember like when you used to always hold me over your head and like balance me and I would be like, when are you going to die, daddy? You're going to live forever because you're like Superman. That's right. Stuff like that. And I just liked wearing uh, red underwear and a cape. Captain Canada suit. That's right. My secret is out. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> okay, so this podcast, uh, got my first guest, one of my favorite people in the world here. Aww. Uh, definitely uh, one of my favorite women, without a doubt. And my favorite daughter, of course. I only have one daughter. Um, my daughter, Emily. Yay! Whoa. So I wanted to talk uh, on this podcast. I wanted to kind of get to the into the Dr. Cliff Worldwide Vet world and uh, talk about a year ago our trip to india where we volunteered with pfa people for animals shelter it's kind of fitting because we just had the final episode saying goodbye to india episode nine of the welcome to india series on the youtube channel youtube.com slash dr cliff dr cliff it was a good episode you guys should go check it out it was a good episode but they got to start with episode one oh, and, right. and, and work away i mean there's uh there's a storyline <laughs> <laughs> um no seriously check it out it's uh it's a lot of fun and it's uh generally family friendly there's one or two uh swear words but i think they're fitting so it's okay um so emily let's talk about india and this was your first trip uh, coming with me and also your first trip really in a like your your first significant trip as far as a total culture shock yeah i mean we went to greece about a month before but um it was definitely different i mean india period is one of the craziest places you can go when it comes to north american culture shock <laughs> um but yeah it was it was one of my first trips um it was something that I, I didn't expect. I didn't really go into the trip with any sort of expectation. And um, I definitely found that being there, um, there's no words to really explain uh, what the setting is like and how overwhelming it was. Well, hopefully we can do a, a pretty fair job talking about it. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, well, true, that's, that's it. true. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> we can't really describe it. So, yeah, I'm uh, not really sure. So Go check it out yourself. I just have nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, India was amazing. It was, it was definitely um, uh, the most substantial trip for me as far as culture shock. I'd never been literally to the other side of the planet. I mean, I think if we had of like... Plane, total plane flights uh, were what? It was 23 hours in a plane, oh, approximately. Man. Uh, yeah, I think it was three flights. It was like eight hours, eight hours, and then like three hours or something. But there were like lots of long layovers between. Yeah, was it only was it only eight, eight, and three? 
Yeah, the way back was less direct because we flew to Delhi and then Mumbai and then back to um, America and then Canada. So that one was a lot longer. We did go. Well, that's right. We finished off in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. It was whereas uh, I was thinking Austria, two hours, but that two was hours Egypt, and then sixteen or fifteen, something like that, and then another two hours. Yeah. So on the way there, we decided um, I kind of avoided the the single flight. All the well, it would have been to uh, New Delhi, and then a quick little hop to uh, Hyderabad, which is the city that we that we worked out of. Um, but I wanted to make a bit of a, an exciting trip. Uh, it was just you and I, we met, uh, Gaia, who was our cameraman and sort of, uh, director of photography there. Um, as well as, uh, oh, Sumanta, Sumanta, (laughs) our, uh, our local, uh, uh, Indian resident who was also a cameraman slash smoking while we were filming slash, uh, um, giving you medical advice. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Checking his phone, giving me medical advice instead of filming. It was pretty funny. Um, he did, he did, he did a good job for the money I paid him. Um, I paid him really, really well in India standards. Um, for those who don't know the average, uh, salary, I'll do this in Canadian dollars. The average salary, uh, a year is about $750. Like the, the vet technicians were making $10 a day, 10 Canadian dollars. And the veterinarians were making $30 a day. Whereas I paid Samantha $50 a day, which is a steal on my end and a treasure cove of money on his end. Like he kept <laughs> saying, uh, so I, let me do the math here. Uh, it's 50, 50 to 1. No, no, but if it's $50 and then, um, I can't remember what it was, but, but like I'd say, let's say we're going to stick with Canadian dollars. Um, so I'd say, I'm going to, I'm going to pay you, uh, $500. No, I think I was talking about per day. So I'm going to pay you Samantha $50 a day. This was a month prior. I was talking to him on the phone. Um, and then also he would then message me on WhatsApp and he'd be like, I want to make sure, let's get this straight. It's $50 for one day. And I was kind of chuckling to myself because I knew what he was thinking. He was like, this can't be right. Like, this is a lot of money for him. Uh, and I was like, yes, $50 for one day. For the entire 12 days, I'm going to give you $600. And uh, he, was, he was really quick to get the first half when we showed up. I think he was afraid that it was a scam. So I was just like, here you go, man. Here's your 300 bucks and I'll pay you the rest at the end. But anyways, let's get back to, let's get back to the trip. We can talk more about Samantha on another, uh, on another podcast. <laughs> you do a whole podcast just oh, about yeah. Samantha this stories. Is, uh, and you know what? Let's do it. Let's uh, not specifically about Samantha, but we can talk about our adventures quite regularly. Um, so we went to, very quickly, we did a stop in uh, Milan. Yeah, Milan. Or, uh, I think they call it Milano, right? Yeah. Italy. And uh, we had some pasta and pizza. And oh, so good. Gelato. And a f- I asked for lemonade and instead they just gave me lemon juice in a cup. It was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Very sour. Yeah, they didn't quite understand. It was a nice layover. We were only there, I think it was like eight hours. Yeah. It was about four hours in the city, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we walked to the park and we found this, uh, this little dance. It was like a tent and they were having mm-hmm. a little 
band a bunch of old people dancing they were doing salsa salsa i thought it was swing you and i did swing we we did swing but they were doing salsa before i think yeah and then we landed in new delhi and then we uh headed over to hyderabad all right, I'm doing all the talking I want. To. It, I was going to say, uh, that's one of my favorite things about um, going on these trips with you is we always find joy in like the small adventures sort of on the way and not just being um, where we're supposed to be going or where we want to go and, you know, doing what we're planning on doing. But sort of all of the, the in-between stuff that happens, I find is always very interesting with you. And that's something that I don't find is the case with most other people. Maybe it's just because I'm your kid. <laughs> so that we we think the same way but um it's nice to just walk around and always discover like hidden gems of of different cities or yeah it's i can definitely f- i i find enjoyment in i guess simple things or new things i find enjoyment in new things and yeah just walking and turning the corner and seeing what's there now again it's got to be new though it's got to be a, a you know, for us and for travel, a a significantly different culture. Right. I do find that when we go travel a lot of the time, I think because we're not doing touristy stuff, we really get engaged with the community in a way that we don't when we, let's say, like go on vacation to Greece and like are just going to the beach or visiting family. Like still something that stands out to me about India is um, it was maybe our third day, if I were to take a guess. Um, when we were walking around and somebody told us that there was like a temple nearby, um, because we had some free time at PFA before we were going to do some, some rescues, uh, with the ambulance and with the whole team. Um, so we ended up finding this like small temple and at first we weren't sure if it was the temple that everyone was talking about. And then we ran into some person that like took us up into their house and offered us some homemade treats and was showing us pictures of like his grandfather and, yeah, there there was one awkward scenario in that story. So this, you're right, this very generous man. And I should say, uh, by far, you know, I've been to the West Indies on these volunteer trips. I'm not going to talk about vacations, but West Indies, Greece, um, uh, vacation Germany. Uh, I mean, I've been quite a lot of places in, in Europe on vacation. Egypt working. India, the people were like... 99.999% of them. I don't, I didn't really meet anyone that wasn't friendly. Everyone yeah. was super friendly and it wasn't a, 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 like we want to become your friend because you're this, you know, Westerner white guy and his pretty daughter. Like they were really nice people, just nice people. They wanted us to, yeah. they wanted to invite us into their home and, and, and I be think very hospitable. Part of it has to do with their religion and their culture. How, um, I find like Hinduism from from an outside perspective is, I guess, much more of like a culture or like a lifestyle. And it has to do with like being kind to everybody you encounter. Um, and that was something I found that spread gener- generally throughout like the whole population is um, when people were talking about Hinduism, they were talking about acceptance and love and, you know, the fact that you know, poor people who barely have enough food to to eat and to live were taking a large part of their food and giving it to like stray dogs that they they see on the streets or cows or, you know, whatever animals they encounter because I think they value like all life forms in a very similar way. 
um, that we don't really consider as much here. Um, that was something that I really, really liked. Yeah, it's definitely a culture of karma. And I mean, you talk about the Hinduism religion, but almost half of the people we encountered were not uh, Hindi. We're not, well, that's a language. They didn't practice Hinduism. They were Buddhists or Muslims. Muslims, a big religion there. Christians, obviously. So I guess very karma-based. The entire country seems to be very karma-based, very spiritual, very loving. And you're right, like the rescues we did, it was either just sort of mother nature diseases and, and injuries of misadventure, um, hunger and mites and whatnot. And then they, the any of the surgeries oh gosh, the and traffic anyways <laughs> oh my god the traffic was crazy well that's it like the only the only time we were dealing with human to animal interactions resulting in injuries i wouldn't call it conflict it was accidental hit yeah. by cars and things of that nature whereas in egypt which we can talk about another time it was much more people causing the damage yeah, abuse throwing cases acid in, yeah. in a dog's face and burning half their face yeah you know things of that nature so um but yeah this one uh, uh awkward uh scenario with with when we visited this gentleman in his house as we're sitting in his living room and they're bringing us these yummy sweets and whatnot and the whole family came to kind of greet us and they're so they were so happy to uh have us sort of in their home and up on the wall uh leading in towards the rest of the house there are these um illustrations these hand-drawn they look like hand-drawn photos of people's faces there's i think four and it was like two gentlemen older and a woman older and then a young man who you know could have been a teenager or his early 20s and I was looking at it, and I, I recognized that there was a, a resemblance to this photo and the gentleman who was probably maybe 50 years old that had invited us to his home. And I, I felt like I stuck my foot in my mouth because I was asking who they were, and he was like, oh, that's my father, and that's my wife's father, and that's my mother. I said, who's this young gentleman? Mm -hmm. He looks like you. And he said, yeah. oh, that's my son. And there was a slight sadness on his face, and he said he had passed away and 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 you know i felt so bad but uh he took it you know took it by stride and actually told us a little story about him and and was very proud that he could share right. this um but yeah it was such a such a welcoming uh a trip and uh exhausting uh, you know these <laughs> you know 14 15 hour days i tried to warn you what it was going to be like it, it just never stopped. Oh my like, goodness! That was the yeah, thing it was. For me is even when we were going on those like long drives because we we were driving at least four hours a day when it came to rescues and driving from the Airbnb to, oh you know, it took so long to get anywhere. But even when you were driving, it's like I was constantly scared we were going to get hit because the traffic is so insane there. You know, you can reach out of the window and touch cars beside you all of the time. So, yeah. Uh, but by the end of it, we were crossing roads without anybody helping us. Hey, and... it was still terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, we were. We yeah, were. that's right. We got more used to it. And like for anyone, and again, please watch the videos. There, there, there are scenes where the traffic's pretty unbelievable. But imagine a, I would say, three lane both directions, so six lanes, size of a road, except there's no painted 
like laneways. There's no painted lines for the lanes. And so in a three-lane road, you would assume you'd have like car, car, bus. And instead, you would have car, 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 motorcycle, bus, motorcycle, motorcycle, bicycle, car. Like everything was jammed. (laughs) Like it it was just jammed and they would weave and these motorcycles would weave in and out and, and whatnot. Um, I want to ask you, cause this is going to come back when, when you ask me the same question, give me one person. I don't want to say who your most memorable person was because it would be hard to say, but I, you know, tell me about one person that you met there and why they're so memorable. Okay. This is an easy question. I don't even know his name. That's that's the worst part. Um, it was actually one of the PFA handlers. Um, he was sort of like on the smaller side. I think he had a mustache. Mm-hmm. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, so he was a, uh, a para-vet. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so a vet technician, they call him a para-vet. Um, and he never came on the trips with us, like in the ambulance or in the motorcycle. No, he was, he was always on the motorcycle. Uh, we're talking about the different person then. Oh, he was definitely on the <gasps> motorcycle. He's he's a bit like scrawny and like, right skinny. and and uh, slightly darker skinned. Yeah, than and some he, of the others. He always he never waited for us to pull out the cameras. He would right. just. I was thinking yeah. of uh, yeah yeah that's yeah. right. I I don't think I actually talked to him once properly. I remember one time sort of communicating that we were from Canada, but he spoke no English. Zero. And I remember drawing a picture of like North America that was so bad and like pointing to the US and pointing to Canada and being like, that's where we're from. And he was like so confused. And- but the reason that like he stuck out stuck out to me so much was he was one of one of the people who you could tell was just so happy to be doing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He always brought like this amazing energy and attitude to whatever situation he was in and whenever something would happen good bad whatever him and i would just always constantly share share looks and share glances and have the same expressions on our face consistently you would laugh at the same time and smile at the same time yeah and feel touched by like the same things and i remember the last day when we were leaving i didn't anticipate how emotional i was going to be to have to say goodbye to these people because we only knew them for a week and a half but all of a sudden like you know because we go through so much together and we we see you know dead dogs on the side of the road and you know or we're doing really intense surgeries and you know helping animals survive but also you know sometimes sometimes they don't and because you you go through all that with people and you're seeing them every single day for hours and hours when we left i I definitely felt emotional and was crying and was really upset. And I still think about him all the time. Yeah. He was the guy that when little cupcake, the little uh, dog in episode two was stuck under the car and screaming, he literally just dropped, dropped down onto his belly, scooched in, grabbed the dog by the scruff, pulled it out. Yes. Like he was, he was Mr he was the superhero he was the superman definitely um or climb the giant tree to, to get, get to the, the bat, bat. Yeah. yeah that's right i know exactly who you're talking about my most not my most memorable one of the uh, there's so many that are memorable is uh his name is hanumantu and he was the oh, ambulance he's driver funny. he's funny with the giant 
um, uh, uh, what do you, a handlebar mustache. It's strange that it was a year ago and like we both bring up these people and we have like big smiles on our oh faces and all these memories come back. It's like, there's some of the most significant people that have impacted me, at least in my life, which is funny because we knew them for such a short time. And, and I, I seem to remember that Hanumantu did not speak a lot of English but he he his he, english was okay he was it was enough that we could communicate communicate not have conversations but communicate but um <laughs> he would be so we're in this ambulance which is more of like a minivan the smallest <laughs> not minivan even. that you it's not even a minivan because there's two seats. seats in the front and a three combo seat in the back and that's and it. a big trunk and sometimes a paravet hanging out in the back trunk um <laughs> sitting in there um occasionally oh. and so i got to ride up front because uh i got uh, i got old hips you were paying and, for it all. and i was paying for it all <laughs> um but uh you know like he would first put on you know like this americanized western sort of pop music like michael jackson and stuff like that and and I was like, no, 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 play what you want to play. And so then he'd put in, you know, South Asian music, uh, Bollywood type music. And he would see me bob, bopping my head back and forth. And he would just the biggest smile on his face that that Dr. Cliff uh, Surser was enjoying, uh, was enjoying <laughs> it. And a bunch of things I remember about him. I mean, he was he was just the funniest guy in the world. And, and now you got to be careful that you don't make mention that you are hungry or that you're thirsty <laughs> yeah the amount of times he went out and got us coffee or tea or, or bananas, bananas. <laughs> like he would stop we so many bananas we got like trip. an hour's drive to go rescue a dog which in Hiderabad is maybe 20 kilometers like it's not you don't go very far yeah. in an hour um i remember i kept saying i can run almost this fast um so it was, uh, uh, he would stop or he'd be like, I'll get you, I'll, I'll buy you, sir. I'll buy you, sir. And he was talking about bananas because I had bought, brought a lot of bananas because I was afraid of eating fruit, but bananas you could peel. So therefore you didn't have to worry about the bacteria. Um, there's also a great, we didn't put it in the episode, but one day I'll put it in as an extra. There is the day the bat, we had to deal with the bat. The bat was hanging from the, oh, the manja wire. He was so great. And <laughs> we had to, st like, he had to direct traffic. But he didn't really have to direct traffic. He was, like, there. He just felt mm. proud that he could direct traffic. And we have yeah. this great scene where he's directing traffic. And he's literally just telling people to keep going. Like, he's just... <laughs> go go and he would like look at the camera and smile and then pretend he's not looking and, <laughs> and then there's this one where the bus passes him and as the the bus is already gone and he kind of then waves the bus on as if like yes yes i said you could go <laughs> um it was the funniest thing but uh yeah he he's funny. he was the greatest guy but um yeah it was such a it's such a beautiful country and i and i encourage everyone but to go when you were talking about food i just have this very specific memory of um guy of one of the, the camera guys on the trip um your he, boyfriend he's now my boyfriend yeah anyways <laughs> um he stopped at um uh like sort of like a um, like a food truck almost it was mm -hmm. like kind of like a convenience store but in truck form and pretty much everywhere they had these products called spicy wheels and they're like they're like bags of chips that are like 
kind of like rice puffs in like a wheel formation that are just coated in this like really cheap like spicy powder and it was like five rupees which is like 10 cents canadian for like a a full bag of chips so it was so cheap and um i just thought it was the funniest thing because you know every time we would stop you would buy a bunch of bags of spicy wheels and eat them and they were actually really good and i i can't believe how cheap food is over there well that's the thing so So 10 you know ten dollars a day for the paravet but you could buy a liter of of bottled water for 40 cents yeah right so um now it is a very poor country there's no real middle class there's there's basically two classes there's the the rich and they're almost treated like royalty it's very strange and then there's to me everybody else and i mean i guess there's there's middle class which means you're working for 10 or 20 or 30 bucks a day uh and then there's probably some people that are homeless and living in shacks but well there definitely is because the first night we were there we saw some yeah, we arrive late at night. We find Gaia because he was already in India at a at a meditation retreat thingy. It was kind of a funny, uh, serendipitous sort of thing that everything came together that he was able to meet us there because he was originally in Russia. Like it was amazing how well it worked out. Yeah. Um, and we're we're taking the Uber to our Airbnb, which was a disaster. I was the Airbnb. so terrified being in the, in the car the first night. Oh, with, the traffic and it, everything. And it was nighttime, so the traffic wasn't even that bad. But I remember at the airport, Gaia saying, oh, wait until you get into the car. Like, just wait. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I but I remember out. like seeing, we're driving down this quote unquote highway and you can see these skeletons of buildings. Like they're just the, they don't have walls you know, like it's, it's, it's basically a couple of walls, a floor and a roof, 10 stories high. And it's like concrete. And there are these little lights that I could see flickering and I'm wondering what it is. And I realized, oh, those are fires. There's people living there. And because the buildings were never built, were never completed. So they're basically squatters they're they're living there for free and there's no electricity so they basically have fires um and 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 you know immediately i realized and look you can read all you want you read about how lucky we are here in canada and we are um and any of these sort of fully developed countries are we would be considered mega rich compared to anyone in india Um, and, and so it is a cliche, but that's what I, one of the many things I came, uh, I got back from this trip was how lucky we are and how all the things we have, the big screen TVs and the video games and the fresh new clothes of the newest styles, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make us any, any happier than they are. Um, yeah, that was definitely a, a strange concept to come by. Having traveled for again like the first time in in a really culturally significant like dif- like culturally different place I guess, um, I remember realizing that you know the world is so much bigger than I thought it was, and that's the whole idea of like immortality is something that you know doesn't actually exist, and how here it it feels like we're always like trying to achieve bigger and better things and we're never satisfied with what we have in a way. And that's just part of the way society works, I find, in North America. But there, you know, you could 
talk to anybody no matter what class they were and they were just happy to be alive and it was almost like they had this concept that life is so much bigger than them that they're pretty insignificant and their life is insignificant so while they're here they're just going to enjoy their time and coming back with that concept that um as as strange as it sounds like we're not significant and our lives are are kind of pointless at the end of the day like we can't truly truly you know change history or or change the world in any really really big ways you know realizing that and and accepting it and you know being aware that you know i'm just here to live whatever i want to live and that everything that i think everything that i go through although you know does have relevance isn't ultimate that was a really crazy uh, discovery and i think that's the most beneficial thing that i got to I, I got to take back with me from that trip. Yeah, and and I, I'm sure because you are so much like me, and we and we had the same experiences. <laughs> I'm sure you find, like I do, like I'm reminded of that. You know, when there's yes, like I've I've I'm a different person. That trip changed me. That trip is like no other trip I've and, I've been on. You know, for Jamaica sure. tra- changed me for one sort of one reason, but that was more it made me a better veterinarian and and I sort of learned a lot about producing quote unquote, I got air quotes right now, producing a a TV (laughs) show or a YouTube channel, um, filming, let's say documenting and filming my adventures. Um, India changed me as well, but it changed me as a person. I mean, it changed me as a vet as well. I keep getting better and better with these trips. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But yeah. I got a lot of, I got a lot of room. I'm a pretty good vet, but I'm, I'm pretty good. That's it. Uh, I got a lot, a lot to improve on in situations here when basically the shit hits the fan, I got stresses at work or a case isn't going well, or a client is complaining, whether it's legitimate or not, um, or anything, you know, like Anything but relationship issues. I mean, those are too important to ignore. But any of that other stuff, if I'm having trouble paying bills or, you know, yeah, I got to fix your car. It's like, ah, there's another $1,500. India has made me less stressed about it. Yeah. Like... I I would agree. uh, And it's also allowed me to look ahead into sort of retirement. I'm 47. I'm probably going to be working until I'm dead, but it'll be more... (laughs) It'll be more. I can like, never imagine a time where you're not you're not doing something. Yeah, it'll be part time, and I'll yeah. be doing a lot of surfing and uh, and a lot <laughs> of this traveling. Um, uh, but like, I'm able to look forward to retirement and say, oh, I don't need as much money because like it it doesn't matter, you know. Um, so that's the biggest thing that that India I took away from hmm, India. Okay. Um, for, for me, I would definitely say it's more of an emotional thing. I, I mean, I guess at that time, too, like I was going through a lot and I was, you know, dealing a lot more with like anxious ideas, anxious thoughts. And that you was had just finished high school. Yeah. You had just I was going through a, a breakup. Bad relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd gotten out of that bad relationship, but it was still hard. Yeah. Um, I was definitely struggling to figure out who who I was as a person and sort of my voice in the world um I had felt like I lost that but it reminded me like or not reminded me it taught me when we went to India that um 
no matter what I was feeling in a moment, no matter how um, encapsulating it felt or like ultimate it felt, it, it, I, I learned that things are changing all of the time and that nothing is forever. Nothing, nothing is forever. The planet eventually will explode. The sun will explode. Like literally everything we know is not forever. Like Yikes. it got me thinking about like really big topics, but like we're not forever. And the things that we experience, you know, a moment is only one moment that we live throughout time. So any, again, any problems I was facing all of a sudden felt so unimportant in a way and like okay yes i need to address this yes i need to deal with this but you know i will get through it and it's not the only thing that's going on there are a lot of other things going on and there will be a time that i feel better this is not my life forever do you find i worry sometimes that my disinterest in let me rephrase this what pre previous sort of big time problems are now cons I consider petty. Yes. And I worry <laughs> that I come off as unsympathetic or lacking in empathy. And I, I sort of, there are times where I, I almost want to say to someone if they're complaining about, you know, the traffic or they're complaining about, whatever again their bills or this or that other than relationship issues and and even that it depends on what the issue is but like other than like serious health problems with family or themselves or whatever like if they're complaining about whatever uh you know the gym prices are too high and i just bought this shirt and now there's already a tear in it <laughs> i i almost want to say i don't give a shit like do you know how unimportant this is compared to like, you know, it's like one of those, there's starving children in Africa that would love your food. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like that. And it's not that, oh, there's the people in India wish they had our lives. I mean, they, they do. And they're constantly trying to ask for my help to come to Canada well, right now. It's not going to happen. Some, some of them, but they're still happy. Like, yeah, yeah. They want to improve their life, but they're still happy. Um, I mean, shoot, like star, one of our friends that was there that is now a pair of vet, you know, we go to his house and he was so proud that he had like a PS one, a PlayStation one yeah. or something like that. Like, like, you know, he was, he was playing games that were new to him that I was playing when I was 90. Can you imagine a kid today when you're like, Hey, I'm going to buy you your first ever gaming console and you buy them a, a ps1 ps1 <laughs> they would be so mad like we have a ps2 here that i specifically went out and bought like a year and a half ago i had to get it on uh on on ebay or something like that on amazon but it's only because i wanted to play the one game that i remember playing 20 years ago I, I think like going back to your original point of you know feeling like you're overstepping when it comes to sort of uh, people complaining about irrelevant things um i think for me there's a balance that goes into it like recognizing that other people are going through real things and that you know every every concept even if it's small um like like most of most of the things that we think about exist in our head and it's very easy when we're feeling stressed out to like loop things in our head and keep thinking mm -hmm. about them and developing sort of more like bad scenarios associated with those things and so i think for me it's it's remembering like what i know and what i've learned from traveling 
um, and being sympathetic towards people because if I wasn't, I would feel ignorant personally because, you know, everybody has different experiences, but also acknowledging that how they're feeling isn't everything and isn't, again, like ultimate the way that they might think it is. Um, you know, knowing that I can't necessarily teach them that because nobody could have taught me about it before I experienced it on my own. But, um, you know, also just bringing to their attention what they're saying and that can sometimes change their perspective on it too. Yeah. Or it could piss them off more. That, that's true. Yeah, that, that happens <laughs> You're sometimes. You're speaking to them. It's a, it's a fine line and I think it depends who it is too. True. True. Right? And what your relationship is like with them. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, uh, you know, to slowly wrap this up, India was, well, all of these trips for me have been life changing, which I guess, I mean, I'm not to steal something from Joe Rogan. We're not the same person we were 10 years ago. We're not the same person we were five years ago and shoot. We're not the same per same person we were prior to starting this podcast an hour ago, you know, <laughs> Like we learn, we learn some stuff because we're able to talk through and, and, and can consider things. I mean, the change might be minuscule, but we're constantly evolving and changing. And, um, you know, these trips and definitely India more than others. And we're going to get back to doing more episodes and we can talk about India and the other trips as well. But I learned so much and it had such an effect on me as a veterinarian, professionally speaking. We didn't even talk about any vet stuff because we, we just have so much to say there you on go. this trip. Uh, that's the great thing about Could the do five Dr. Cliff podcast, working title. We're trying. I'm trying to figure out an actual title for my podcast. We'll, we'll brainstorm after we're done. That's right. Well, <laughs> and, and, and I've said before, but anyone listening to this, find me on Instagram at Dr. Cliff, like Dr. Cliff Worldwide Vet. You can reach me on YouTube or even email dr.redford at vet nine. 5.com if you come up with what ends up being the title of this podcast there's going to be some sort of prize it'll be i don't know a t-shirt i don't know <laughs> it'll be something a mug um, a mug a mug but anyways yeah uh right now it's dr cliff podcast but um these trips have have made me a better veterinarian a better father a better husband you know, meeting Dr. Smod or seeing Dr. Smod Khan again, a very, very good friend of mine from almost 20 years ago who actually helped arrange right, right. this. Uh, and it was that day that you talked about the third day that we ended up seeing him. Like all these things have, have continually molded my brain and, and, and my perspective on things. And I beg listeners out there, not only travel, but volunteer, volunteer, on your travels, if you can, volunteer locally. Yeah, it's a completely different perspective than you get. That yeah, you get. but also when you travel, get out of the resorts. Even if even <laughs> if you need to go to the resorts and you're going to stay there behind the white picket fence and eat sort of wherever it is. Let's say you go to India and it's Americanized versions of Indian food. Or you go to the Caribbean and it's Americanized or Westernized versions of that food. Try and get out once or twice during your seven days, put down the alcohol, get out. And I don't mean on a tour, like just pay, Go explore. The, pay the <laughs> ta ta taxi guy a little more than you probably should have. 
it'll make his day. You can afford it much more than they can. Because oh, that most... time you got ripped off. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely have to talk about the tuck tuck. Oh man, I I I pulled some bad karma on that one. Um, but like pay pay extra just to see the community and don't be afraid to go and talk to people, even if they can't speak your language. They can understand a smile. They can understand the signal for food. And unless you got allergies, you know, or something like that, um, like just try and embrace that culture for half a day. And, and, and you're going to fall in love with it and, and you're going to start doing it more and more where you literally just spin the globe and go, yeah. I'm going to go there. I, I found the, the times that we plan the least, the most interesting things happen because you're not expecting anything going into what you're doing. So, um, you know, like in Egypt and we ended up, you know, um, going up on top with those kids to that roof of, of like a building. (gasps) And, you know, we got to meet some fun people and play soccer with some, some kids. And again, they didn't really speak any English, but you know, they kind of showed us around the area. And then we ended up getting that private tour of, of a pyramid Mm -hmm. when we were there from just this man that we met that ended up taking us out of desert. Mm-hmm. That's right. The man with the gun. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to check <laughs> what, his, what his name was. Uh, yeah, he's very sweet. And uh, I got good at bartering on that trip. You did. Uh, way better re- than me. Way. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, I left that trip just as much as a wuss <laughs> when I went into it pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to finish. I'll finish this podcast, this episode with the story of the Tuk Tuk back in India. Okay. Okay. So, we always want to take a tuk-tuk, which are these little yellow kind of cabby taxi things that are like uh, 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 electric motor go-karts. They're really with cute. Whatever. And it was uh, you and I and Gaia. We had left Samantha back uh, at the, at the oh, hotel Samantha. or whatever. Oh, Samantha. <laughs> uh, we, were going to the, we were going to the mall. So we decided to take a tuk-tuk. So we jump in and a uh, super nice guy and he, you know, whips us around and and we weren't really sure how much it was. And there's this little ticket tape that kind of changes this little LED thing that it changes the amount as you're driving. And I didn't know if it was distance-based or time-based, but just like in a taxi cab. Now, we got there. And by now, I would kind of understood that things are going to be a lot cheaper compared to Canadian standards. And we got out. And I think it said 18, like 1850. And... He wanted, I can't remember. No, it was like a 185. And that was like rupees, which would be like three bucks or I something think, like that. I think four it bucks. was. But he wanted that amount for each of us. Yeah. It, and it had to do with like how much we traveled per kilometer. Yeah. And so it was like wanted, 18 something. He wanted something one of that for each of us. And I kept, I kept arguing with him. And it was getting really heated. And I'm like, no, you're <laughs> ripping us off. You're ripping us off. And the thing is, is he didn't speak any English. And I said to him, oh, first man. of all, I said to him, and I, I, I'm such an asshole. I said to him with a, you were a little Indian <laughs> accent. Now I was, I was pulling from Jerry Seinfeld. There's a, there's an episode in Jerry Seinfeld where he tries to help an Indian guy who's, who's making like Americanized food at a restaurant. He's like, why don't you make <laughs> Indian food? And at the end, it doesn't work out. The restaurant doesn't work. And, and, and this guy basically goes bankrupt. And he, he wags his finger at Jerry and says, you are a very bad man. Jerry, you are a very bad man. 
And so I said that to this guy. I'm like, you are a very bad man, as if he would know what Seinfeld was. Instead, he's just <laughs> looking at me going, you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you're basically an asshole. And then I took it one step further. Now, he was it giving was, me a nasty yeah, evil eye. He, he was like kind of yelling at you and like he and wasn't he was, taking no for an answer. And we but, did find out later on that he was ripping us off. Yeah, like, like a he, lot. I think he wanted 800 rupees. And I wanted to give him 400. Yeah, well, I, it was something like that. I gave him like 600 or something like that. And was, I literally just gave it to him and walked away. It was really funny because the whole time this was going on, Gaia and I were just exchanging glances and then looking at you and looking at him and like so ma- looking so, at the floor. And, and, and this is not an excuse, but I was like, we're tired. And, and, and like, this was our one little sort of three hour break from the entire 10 days. But anyways, the worst was I said to him... So uh, Hinduism is very big there and and it's the number one religion. And it was a couple of days away from Ganesh's birthday. Ganesh is the elephant god and she is the god of, I can't remember, uh, there's a whole bunch of things and they have like a thousand gods. But Ganesh is one of the big ones, one of the big deities. Mm, they have that and they got the all big celebration. The, yeah, for big many, party many was going to happen for days and all that. Anyways, so I'm, I'm like, you're a very bad man. You're a very bad man. And he's cursing me out probably. And then I finally said to him, Ganesh would be very disappointed in you. His face. And oh. his face just like he got so mad. And then I gave, I gave him the money. And then as we're leaving... A woman came up begging (laughs) and I said to her, I don't have any more money, which was true other than like really, really big bills. I don't have any change for you. He took it all. Go ask him. As I tell the story, I'm such an asshole. Like it was so bad. And then then right after that happened, we're walking away and I was like, dad, you know, you just fought over $2, right? That's it. Yeah, that's right. So it was like, it was, it was like 400 rupees I was arguing over, which ends up being like eight bucks or something like that, or six bucks. Like, yeah, something the, like the that. difference like between 600 and 800 was like a little under four dollars. Yeah, it's such a, such a small, <laughs> such now, but, and then later we're in the jewelry store and I'm asking, and we're not buying this jewelry. Like, it was crazy, gaudy gold, but I'd asked the, the one of the guys about the tuk tuk and he's like, they are supposed to charge you per person. Like the, whatever the amount is, it's per person. But that shouldn't have cost you that much. It should have only cost you about 400, not 800. So I was right, but I like, I just took it so far. I should have just given the guy the money and recognize that I got ripped off. And that's part of the experience. So please learn from me. Don't be a jerk. Um, and just, just go with it. And Egypt, I was a lot better. Like I bartered, but I but I was very fair and and that's true. That's you know, true. You did a good job. Uh, so I did learn from it that, like, it just became a competition. Like it's that stupid North American. It yeah. was just all of a sudden. And I am a competitive guy. I'm 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 extremely competitive. Yeah. And so it was just like this competition, and you know. Ugh, <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> three, three, so, four dollars. So, uh, I, I, I became a better person from India. I still got a lot of work to do. And the, the biggest lessons I learned as a person came from times when I was an asshole. <laughs> 
and that hey that's true <laughs> i think that's that's probably when we uh when we learn the most when we look back and go ah that's so bad and it was actually you my lovely daughter my brilliant uh inspiring daughter who taught me that i was being an asshole when you said you just fought over three dollars three dollars and basically told this guy his god is disappointed in him yeah <laughs> hey it's okay Damn everybody it. makes mistakes damn it <laughs> we'll have to go back one day and i'll find that guy i'm sure i could i mean there's only a billion people in there, so. <laughs> um all right so oh, no. uh the next couple of episodes we'll have you back obviously the next cu- couple of times that you come back well thanks I for having talk me about oh thank you <laughs> let's talk about other people we met obviously other experiences and actually talk about some of the veterinarian yeah side of you it. and i could end up talking for hours uh, yeah i mean i can understand how joe rogan goes three hours now sometimes with his uh and that's without the weed uh we're not smoking weed um, that's okay we're just we're just chatty uh no i'm saying right now we're not smoking oh. weed. um i was right, like anything? are you asking me to get high with you on on air what's happening <laughs> no i don't condone that of course uh any last parting words from your wisdom uh keep on dancing and be kind to animals i was gonna say that (laughs) that's what i was thinking thanks everyone for listening to episode three of the dr cliff podcast cliff and emily go to india and uh be sure to uh tune in and share and comment and send me questions uh find me on instagram find me on youtube at Dr. Cliff Worldwide Vet. At Dr. Cliff Worldwide Vet. YouTube.com slash Dr. Cliff. Yeah, DR Cliff, et cetera, et cetera. Your so, biggest promoter right here. There you go. Good <laughs> job. Thank you. That's it. This was a fun one. This is the first one I've ever had a guest. And, uh, well, I'm quite honored. It's, it's, wow, we like to talk. Yeah, it's been, we probably uh, fired out almost an hour. So, what's new? There you go. <laughs> uh, I can't even say goodbye. We're just yeah, saying. Yeah. So, that's it. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Peace. Be kind to animals. Be kind to animals. <laughs>